Hi, and welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And today we're talking about building a second brain. Rin, you're the one who pitched this uh, idea to me. So tell us, what does it mean to build a second brain? So to have a second brain is to have an external system outside your brain that helps your brain operate at the highest capacity it can. Because a little bit on your brain, you only have the ability to hold like five chunks of information at once, give or take two chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think of it like a computer, that's your random access memory, your RAM, um, and that's your short-term memory. But you want to like be moving things into long-term memory, or if you don't even need them for a long-term, like just not have them taking up space in your brain. Right, so it's kind of like the, oh, I had a dream, and the dream had this super cool idea that I'd like to write about, but then you wake up and you can't remember it. Exactly. So the second brain is a way of capturing that idea so that you can use it later. Exactly. You okay. may have also heard this called as like a commonplace book. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to talk about making your commonplace book your second brain either digitally or analog. Gotcha. Um, so then there are two avenues for the second brain, the practical and the creative. Uh, and we'll start with the practical stuff because it's like the first basic step. Right. Um. So you should keep a planner or a calendar, and it's easier to write down practical stuff than creative stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you write down all the events you have in the day or your to-do list, just anything that will, like, take up that space in your short-term memory, mm-hmm. you want to get that out of your brain and onto paper so you don't have to do the hard work of remembering it. Right, and it helps you to be, you know, it's a kind of moving into the self-improvement space where if you have everything written down that you have inside of your day, it's easier to get more time in the day. Exactly. Because if you have, if you assign times to belong to specific tasks, it's easier to get through those and to know, okay, this is the time that I'm spending on, if you're in school, on homework, if you're in work, this is a project I need to be working on and then I have these emails, so on and so forth. It kind of... Uh, I had a coworker the other week who said that, uh, talking about me, that I can do, she, I do a lot inside of my life. And when people ask me about it, I say it's because I have a calendar. Because with the calendar, I can be like, okay, you know, I need to be at work at this time, and then I'm going to talk to a friend about their business idea, and then I'm going to go record quid pro quo, and then I need to go back to work, and I know how it's going to, how things are going to fall out kind of thing. Exactly. I have, like, the same stuff with my calendar. I jokingly call it a pastel nightmare. Yeah. Because it's color-coded in pastels. But opposite of being a nightmare is actually super helpful. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. I know how much time things are going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and figuring out how much time things are going to take when they're not, like, a set time block is, like, a whole other skill that we can talk about in a later episode. But basically, you want to externalize all this practical information so you free up space in your brain's RAM. So you can kind of daydream. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, and that gets us to, like, level two of, like, daydreaming, creative work, and externalizing that. Um, it's harder to write down creative stuff than practical stuff because, like, if you have the blank page in our Perfectionism as Writers, and we did a whole episode on resistance right. um, and the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where we get more into the idea of a commonplace book rather than an agenda or a calendar. Right. So it's kind of this book that you just offload everything into. It can be a notebook or, you know, something like that where it's, oh, I had a random idea for a character. Oh, I had a random idea for this element of a magic system. Oh, I had a random idea for a scene for something that I would like to write someday. And you just throw that all into the commonplace book. Exactly. 
Uh, it's almost like a personalized encyclopedia, I've heard it called. Mm-hmm. And as long as you carry it with you everywhere and you're consistent about writing stuff down in one place instead of across, like, ten notebooks, as some of us are want to do. <laughs> uh, Definitely copy. not you. Definitely not me. <laughs> what give you, what give, whatever gives you that idea. Um, no, I'm trying very hard to be better at writing in one place. But right now I have, like, one or two physical notebooks and then at least two different notes I have on my phone. Yeah. So, Working on deciding on just one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, then, now that we've talked about, like, the avenues for the second brain, the practical and the creative, we can talk about the modes for the second brain. And analog and digital both have their pros. Analog is, like, on paper. Digital would obviously be on, like, a computer or a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I can do analog if you want to do digital. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. So, I think some of the pros for analog... Is it's better for wiring stuff into your brain long term? Like scientifically, you're more likely to remember stuff if you write it down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and personally, I just love writing with pen and paper. <laughs> it's just so nice. I have this huge collection of pens, and I'm trying to like use it all up. Uh huh. Um, and it's just like so nice, and it's much easier to like do colors, um, because you a lot of notes have only have like one color scheme like right apple notes only has like the black and white and you can maybe highlight in yellow mm-hmm. but like if you want to color code stuff which is also really good for your brain paper and analog are the way to go right um the physical the cons is that it's physical and you have to like carry it and you can lose it or ruin it by spilling water or something like that mm-hmm. and like you could lose your phone or laptop but you're more likely to lose like a notebook than your phone or laptop because you can't call it your notebook right yeah yeah um and then Handwriting isn't always super legible. Like, we've all had that time when we, like, wake up from our dream and we scribble it down. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, what, what did, did a chicken say? write this? Yeah, exactly. I had that moment with some of my biochemistry notes like, recently. Yeah. I, like, looked at my handwriting and I'm like, what does that one word say? Yeah. I figured it out. It's resonance. Okay. Um, but I like, showed it to all my friends in the class and I was like, where on earth... <laughs> How? Where were you? Yeah, I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> what lecture were you so, listening to? Exactly. So, yeah. Pros, better for wiring stuff into your brain. It's great for that. Cons is it's easier to lose, and sometimes you can't read what you wrote. Yeah, and I think the the pros and cons of the digital are kind of the flip side of that. Because if you have... A digital commonplace book, it means that it's normally backed up to the cloud in most of the app services that, at least, I use Evernote, and that's backed up to the cloud. Um, And it's also nice because many of them are searchable, especially if you you type them. And that makes it resistance to losing it. Like, I was on an... I was on a flight. I was going to Austin for um, a friend's wedding, and... No, it was Dallas, but that's besides the point. And the, like, I left my notebook inside of the airplane. And despite telling them exactly where it was, they couldn't find it. So I lost the notebook. However, all of my notes in it were, all the notes that I had compiled over the course of the past, like, year were saved because they were in the cloud rather than in the notebook. So that was nice. Um just like you were mentioning about how handwriting things is better for your brain, you lose out on that when you're typing. And it often will require more skill to 
um, do the same things that you can do with pen and paper, like making mind maps or timelines or, you know, specific software. And sometimes software can be expensive. Um, so depending on what your mileage is and what is important to you, maybe analog is, is better than digital. Maybe digital is better than analog. But that's something that everybody gets to decide for themselves as a writer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's just recap what we talked about, and then we can take us out of the episode. Yeah. So you can only hold five, give or take, two chunks of info at once. Um, so you have to like, make sure you're not using your precious short-term memory, which is where you are creative generally, mm-hmm. on stuff like dates in your calendar or like your mom's birthday, because that's important, but mm-hmm. you don't need to have it at the front of your mind at all times. Right. Um, you, you have to first get down to practical before you can be creative. Like, it's hard to be creative when all your energy and RAM is taken up by being practical and just being a human in this yep. Yep. capitalist society. <laughs> um, and then you can either go analog or digital, and we already went over the pros and cons of both. But that's all we have for you this week. Thanks for listening to Quid Pros Quo.